Three, two, one, and welcome back to the SBH podcast. And in this podcast, I'm going to be talking about. Uh, I have a lot of topics I want to talk about, but I guess I'm going to be talking about just getting into the better part of the summer fishing, uh, with just just there being so many big fish around, and have you know. And the other thing I want to really get into is just you know, the sheer frustration factor that I've had to deal with so far this season with, uh, you know, different size fish, um, especially big ones. Uh, But anyway, uh, I really wanted to get into this moon phase to start, I guess. And it all started, so I took last week off from doing anything else. So literally all I was doing was fishing um, and I... I fished really, really hard. I'll start off with the, those awesome topwater, you know, 30 pounders, and then it, you know, continued on into getting into closer to, or I guess the past two weeks, I should be saying, but it gets closer and closer to, um, uh, you know, the moon, the new moon as it was going. And as we were getting closer, the fishing was getting increasingly, increasingly better. And I had one night where I hooked probably, I don't know, three bass over 40 inches and one was probably close to 40 pounds uh, and I lost all of them. Uh, And it's pretty tough for me to do that because last season I only lost one larger fish and that fish was probably only 40 inches. And um, that's really tough on me because I just don't like losing fish in general. And it's one thing to lose one big fish one night out of the season. But it's another thing to lose multiple large fish in one night. And it put me really into a a bad mood. (laughs) And um, I was just having to, you know, deal with trying to, you know, rebound from that uh, mistake. And it was able to do it pretty quickly afterwards. Um, The next day, (laughs) you know, I went out and I was able to get into a probably a 45 inch bass that fought like nothing absolutely did not fight whatsoever hooked into him well first of all i guess the backstory is um i was fishing uh and i was not getting anything not even a touch four hours later hadn't got a single hit from any fish not even schoolie i actually don't even feel taps all i feel is just dead weight uh like i'm just reeling like my i'm reeling my eel in and i just feel dead weight and then I hook set, and then boom, it's a nice fish. But instead of like doing its normal thing, uh, it comes up on the surface, thrashes around a little bit, gets in, gets under the water, gets some purchase on the water with its tail, takes a run or two, and then boom, you land a fish. And I was even fishing with the GSB Skinner on um, my 200 Van Stahl 50 pound Max Quattro, or Power Pro Max Quattro braid to a 60 pound leader uh, with a... Um, Spro uh, swivel and um, uh, owner like a size eight circle hook or something like that. Um, and so I was, so that was like the setup I was running that day and I was getting absolutely no hits whatsoever. And then I, um, as I just continued, I just was believing so thoroughly that there was gonna be a fish there because I lost so many in that same area the day before, different tide. I was actually doing some swimming out to boulders uh in the wetsuit which you know i didn't really understand how key a wetsuit is until like until really i put on a wetsuit and start swimming out to these boulders and start really hauling in some nice fish 
Uh, and I'm so excited for this August because really to me, August through September is probably the best fishing on Cape Ann. Uh, I feel like most people would agree with me about that. I just feel like that's when the bass are at their fattest. That's when the bass are at their biggest. And um, I end up catching one or two 40-pound fish around then. Maybe I'll get break 50 this year, 50 pounds. It would be pretty cool off the rocks. Um, yeah, I mean, I just I screwed it up a few times that one day. You know, I was fishing a Pumba Plugs, Danny Plug, like a newer Danny Plug that he's you know, messing around with this Danny plug, making it uh, all nice. And I, um, you know, I wasn't really thinking when I, he had what hooks he had on it. And uh, he had a single tail hook, uh, just a bucktail with a hook on the back. I don't really know what brand of hook it was or anything like that. I just was like, you know, whatever. I wasn't expecting a whole hell of a lot but I knew I was fishing in some heavy cover because I like to fish Danny's in um, in Boulder Fields that's my favorite place to fish Danny's and I was fishing in a spot with heavy cover and heavy current um, and I hooked one fish on actually a blurple uh, wobbler a, a puma plugs wobbler and um, I and pulled hooks on that pretty quickly, but I got up like I hooked into it, felt heavy, came up to the surface, thrashed a little bit, and shook the hooks. You know, it happens. Couldn't really tell how big the fish was, so I was like, okay, whatever. You know, probably a nice fish because it felt heavy, definitely over 35 inches, if not over 40 inches. Um, but and that's just me just gauging by the weight of this fish. Um, and then the next fish I hooked. Uh, I cast it out right by this group of boulders that's a little bit further offset and I dig this Danny plug down into the water it takes like three or four you know cranks on my reel things wobbling in there and it stops hook into this thing I kid you not you almost pulled me into the water because when you hook a really big there's two different stages to really big fish you hook a really big fish and it'll come up to the surface and thrash around but if you hook like a gorilla size fish you hook into that thing and it doesn't move and doesn't come up to the surface that's when you know it was it's a serious fish and that's how you know it's probably somewhere in that 40 pound range or getting close to um and i'm gonna say it was you know 30 40 pounds but who knows how big that fish was really but um yeah we're gonna call it you know somewhere in the mid 30s pounds because i couldn't believe that it would be anything less than that and i could believe that it could be more than that but i'm not gonna even go there in my mind uh, but you know hooked into it had really tight drag on my van stall straightened my hook out immediately Then I really then cast it back out three or four more times boom hooked another fish and that fish started to peel a little bit of drag It was probably 45 inches because I actually saw this one I was able to raise him up a little bit and he wasn't too far out and Yeah, he was probably 40 45 inches like in that range um, Definitely not smaller than 40 though. It was like a nice solid fish and uh yeah, that was tough losing that one too. And then I kind of just lost my mind um, and got really upset. Then the bite died, like completely cut off, no more hits. Um, so I was just trying to work through getting that. And I, that was angry time. And um, I was trying to figure out why. And then I wanted to fish the Danny Plug again in the morning, didn't work out. You know, one thing led to another that night. I had really small eels. The wind direction had changed. Like it was, everything was different. I was like, screw it. It's a cold front now. It's 
like everything was different in the next day and then I got out there and managed to squeeze one 45 inch bass I didn't even weigh or measure the fish I don't know I mean it was probably I mean it was as big as the bass that I got on top water earlier in the week and that was 45 inches 30 pounds so like who knows I never took it out of the water I just dragged them you know in like further into the boulders and took some pictures with them just keeping them just lifting them maybe a foot out of the water back in uh revived them all nice and boom kicked off so super happy with that um anytime that i can release fish and have them survive and be super healthy i'm super stoked when that happens um and then like and then it's tough because i had this whole mindset when i'm like i've been going i've been fishing a lot during the day now uh after getting a bunch of those bass on top water I, i've been getting follows by like 40 inch bass and seeing them cruising in this area all day and then i'm like okay i'm gonna fish this place at night and it just never's panning out for me which is really frustrating and um yeah i i really i have an interesting i have interesting thoughts about that i mean really i i found that the bass need to be uh they need to be in schools to have that competition to get them to say, I need to eat that food before, you know, the other fish does. And that's when you really get those big feeds of bass, of big bass acting like they're small fish and really crushing the bait. Um, and I've been throwing mostly Pumba plug, like the Pumba pencil uh, in the smallest size. And I've been throwing the Magnum Walker and both in yellow over white. Um, and that's just, I mean, it's been killing it. I got countless bass over 30 inches and a few 35s. And then I've had, you know, what a few 40, like I hooked multiple bass that were over 45 inches on that. I've lost them. You know, I pulled hooks on one of them, but you know, it's tough because this season I pull a lot of hooks on a lot of fish, but I've gotten a lot of redemption on a lot of fish by like that time I casted the second cat, like literally reeled it and cast it back out, boom, hooked into another monster. So that didn't really, you know, get me that angry because the second fish that ate it was even bigger than the first one. Um, but the one that uh, I lost on that Danny plug really hurt. So I, I got um, 6X strong treble and it was size 6, I believe. And I put a big split ring on it you know, just, just like solid, just one hook. And then I tied just a little, um, tag for the back of it. Um, or flag, I guess you could say, um, just no hook. Uh, but just to give it a little bit more lifelike action, like a tail. And I've been, I've been fishing that a bit, but I, I do believe that that's gotten, gotta get more action out of that as far as like, I'm going to get some bigger fish from that. But I kind of want to talk about, um, really what you should be looking for during the summer when you're trying to target these bigger fish because this is like for me one of the most productive times of the season i know that a lot of you guys can replicate this even if you're further south than i am uh and if you're further north i guess either way like when the water temps are starting to get warmer you have water temps that are getting to the you know low to mid 70s which they rarely do around here but they're getting there you know there's a few days where the water temp was definitely what had to be 73 you know 16 73 was probably the highest i know it was 69 for a few days but yeah i mean that's like kind of the sweet spot for me i feel like that that's when the bass are really big and aggressively feeding 
uh but even if it's getting warmer that you need to like play the the wind switches so like the the whole goal is to find cool clean water the best you can um and what i mean by clean water is it can have seaweed in it but the salinity of the water needs to be it needs the like the water itself needs to be super clear and when the water's super clear it doesn't hold as much heat and it tends to be cooler and the, the bass tend to be there that's where the big bass are going to be when the water temperature is at its highest and that's what i've been really trying to chase is those you know cool clean water and i like to chase it right as that wind starts to switch back around so like if it was blowing north and it starts to switch to the south then i want to be somewhere where i'm fishing on a self like facing point um or something like that uh and i i've been doing so well off the rocks this season in general i mean it's my homeland i feel like like that's where i like to really you know i that's where i put in work all season long is off the rocks that's my go-to spots even in the spring but i feel like i didn't utilize the spring as best as i could last or this year um i feel like i kind of wasted one of these moon phases by losing so many fish um I, it's not over yet necessarily it's just that uh during so what i did was doing a lot of wetsuiting out to these rocks and i have a camera guy that's doing the same thing but as you know what salt water and camera gear doesn't mix all the time and we broke well we don't know for sure but we might have broken our flash and we probably and we might have broken our um light our big light so um dealing with that stuff that's why i'm not really fishing tonight per se i'm also tired um from grinding so hard all last week and into this week and really trying to get on those bigger fish the wind's not the greatest tide's tough because i'd have to be doing some major swimming i mean everything is just like not where i want it to be um but you know it when it when it when you get thrown curveballs you gotta have to try to figure figure some stuff out on the fly and i've been trying to do a lot of that this week um with the fishing and it's been getting uh it's been getting better i've been getting better at patterning down these bigger fish but at the same time i feel like i'm still not utilizing the fishing as best I can. And it's interesting because I've been, I wanted to talk a little bit about this too. I've been doing a lot of eeling and I've been getting all the tackle stores that I'm going to have small eels. And I'm like, I hate fishing small eels. You catch only schoolies, it's tough. But I've been catching some monster bass on little eels, smaller eels. And I don't necessarily like throwing small eels, especially when the water temp or the water is really rocking. But I do think that there's something to be said to throwing a smaller like 10 inch eel when the water is super flat calm and i was fishing a spot that with like the wind just switched back around to blowing onshore and um though the water was super flat there's some swells but it was nothing crazy the water was cool with a little bit of seaweed but it was quiet it was super quiet no nothing was really moving around i couldn't see anything visually uh, but I did know that there was probably some bass around in that area just because of what I seen during the day, the previous day. And I knew that there's such so many big bass cause I'm sitting up on these rocks, looking down at them and I'm seeing 20 pound bass cruising across the surface in schools. And that's what you want to see. That's the biomass that you want to see cruising around your rocks. Uh, and that's, you know, it's really good. And sometimes you can get those bass to eat during the day. It's a lot harder to do, but, um, at night you get those bigger solitary fish and you know if there's 20 pound fish swimming around schools that there's going to be a few 45 inch bass swimming around solitary or with one buddy 
and that's what they're going to be dealing with. That's what you're going to be dealing with that night, and that's what I was hoping to run into, and I, I think I did, but at the same time, that was a solitary fish by itself. Not even schoolies were around it. It was just cruising that area looking for bait, and this is an interesting time of year because you have pretty much all the bait around that these bass need, and so they're doing these, what I've been talking about for a while now is they're staging in spots now they're they've moved in and now they're staging up and this is the most fun time of year because this is the time of year you can catch the biggest bass and um are going to it like the full moon in uh, uh, this next full moon in like august i think it's like august 4th or something um is probably going to be well i don't i know for a fact it's when i caught my i'm pretty sure it is maybe i don't know for a fact but it was when i caught my biggest fish of the season last year uh which always um makes for you know an interesting time because i know that there's such big fish around and i think i caught you know in in total in august probably f maybe 10 fish over 40 pounds 5 10 because i got five that were over like over 40 and then i had a few that were like 41 you know 39s so like i got like a bunch of that size is size fish i can't really i would have to look back but i'm pretty sure i had around 10 over 40 in august alone so that's like i mean for me that's really a big time for me and uh i tried to be throwing mostly plugs but i hate pulling hooks on fish and i know that with you know with a single circle hook on an eel you're not gonna you hook into that fish he's not gonna be shaking your hook and that's or pulling it for that matter and that's what i'm most worried about uh with fishing with plugs this time of year because i want you get those one or two big big fish and you don't want to blow your shot at that and i like to fish those like 16 inch eels 16 20 inch eels this time of year and then i as the season progresses and you get into that like later like late august time frame then i'm throwing the biggest eels i can buy because that's when the bass are like give me all the food and uh you tend to really weed out everything and you get those trophies and that's what you look for and you gotta throw big twigs to get those bass to come up and crush them but you know and be able to throw the eel obviously but still like i i caught bass on 24 inch eels last year like 45 inch bass on 24 inch eels and it's it's one of those things that it was it's that one hit you know you get that one hit all night but it's the one you want uh, and it's still really awesome to catch fish like I am those I, but I've gotten a lot of that like mid 40 size bass I want to get like a 48. I haven't gotten a 48 inch bass this season um, I don't think I did last season this time either by this time uh, Really all of those bigger fish started They're cookie cutter size, but they're all monsters and they all came in August so and you know, I was chasing that that wave sweep in that weather changing uh, between storms and that's what you want when you get those big, not big, but you get thunderstorms that roll through and they kick up wind and they kick up the waves and then you get those like decent sized waves that are moving through that are getting the bass all stirred up and then you fish the wave sweep where you have fairly deep water and a good amount of current moving through an area and then you drop your eel and you let it swim down into that and that's when it gets crushed and you can you can the only thing that i can really repli replicate that is or replicate that with is a uh danny plug because the danny plugs sit so well the diving danny plugs not on the surface but if you can get a danny that dives down and you can get it to really dive down into big surf i really have good luck with that like that's when i get 
my best luck because you know those fish are kind of hugging the bottom there they're hugging that structure because they don't want to be right up on the surface and that's where the bigger eels come into play because you get those big eels they're strong enough to swim really far down into the the rocks and the structure where the bass are and that's when you end up catching those monsters um and i've been that's like i'm i'm looking forward to that but i feel like we're in the time the time that i've been talking about all winter long and the time that you know i've i just the season's going so quick it's mind-boggling like we're already over halfway through the season and i'm like feel like it just started uh and i've been having a blast just catching so many nice solid fish and learning so much and i feel like i'm just still like out of my mind about how much there is to learn about fishing you know like there's so much more to learn not like about everything like there's so much more to learn it's so it's almost intimidating there's that much to learn and the only way to learn that stuff is to do and that's how i built myself um and that's how i get a lot of questions about oh i i'm not really catching fish how can i catch more fish and a big part of that is just doing it you gotta you gotta get out there and you gotta be you gotta be fishing and you gotta trial and error stuff if you're not catching fish doing something learn more about fishing that area try different things uh and generally something you'll eventually find something that will work for at least smaller fish and then you can work your way up from there as i like to tell people when they're starting out like don't fish for monster striped bass to start fish until you catch so many schoolies that you have you know fish until you caught so many schoolies that you don't care to catch any more schoolies and then start fishing for big fish and that's when you make those transitions into catching bigger bass and because what it is is a lot of catching nothing to get that one fish and what i've been trying to portray through my podcasts here is like i catch big fish yes but the amount of skunk trips that i go through or that the trips that i get one 20 inch bass in five hours of fishing and then nothing 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 and then maybe you have that little shot and prayer that you'll get that trophy and that's the one thing like i might have better luck getting into groups of medium-sized fish that are those 30 35 inch bass and i could get on bites like that but i also just want to catch those big big fish you know 30 plus pound bass any bass that's in the 30 pounds is like i would catch 30 pound bass for the rest of my life and not care if i was catching like if that's the that would be like the one size like if i could pick like one size fish it'd be like a 30 pound bass because that's when they get really fun they fight hard and they they just are big and powerful and that's what's so awesome about fishing for bass of that size um in other news we dropped the uh second episode of the striped bass hunt show it went really well uh and now i guess you guys know that we're working with llama glass and we are continuing to work with pumba plugs and they sponsored the show and i'm super happy to be you know able to work with like a rod company in general but not only that but be able to work with the rods that i've been using regardless and would continue to use even if they said no and that's just so awesome to me that they're so cool and i just want to be you know i'm just so grateful that i have the opportunity to do something like this uh and that the stars have aligned with you know the whole awful coronavirus has actually given us time to do what we're doing and uh i i think that like if you haven't seen it you have to check it out because it's only getting better from here each episode is 
you know, each episode's entertainment level is is double tripling each time. The bass are getting bigger, um, and it's just the filming is getting more complex. Uh, everything's getting better about it. I'm learning. I know I'm not the best at narrating things, but that's getting better. Like all of this is getting better, and I, I, it's tough because the whole point of this show was like. I'm going to go collab with a bunch of really cool people. We're going to do a whole bunch of fishing. But it kind of got all thrown thrown away when it came to, okay, now we have the coronavirus. We can't do that. But I get more time to fish. So, you know, there's, you know, like that level of give or take. You get more time to fish, but you can't fish with as many cool people just because, you know, I want to collab with people in New York, New Jersey, and I can't do that because of the coronavirus. It would just be um, impractical. And, uh you know, hopefully, hopefully it gets big enough uh, to where people enjoy it enough that we might be able to do another season. Um, but this is really a trial run, and this is to show everybody that this is what I can do as far as creating content-wise. And I hope everybody's enjoying what we're doing, and I hope that it starts getting some more eyeballs on it because I know I feel confident that if people you know if we got to the if enough people saw it they would really enjoy it and people seem to be really enjoying it so uh i'm super happy for everybody's super kind words i've gotten some fantastic dms and if you're one of those people thank you so much about all the like support about the the show i mean obviously we wouldn't be doing this if you guys weren't liking it and uh having you know and we're having a blast doing it so it's really it's really just the best of both worlds for everyone involved um, yeah, and I just wanted to say that, I guess, like, really, I, I wanted to talk about that, but I was like, I'll save everything and all the, like, announcements, like, like, we're working with Lamb Glass, and, you know, obviously, we were continuing to work with Puma Plugs on this, and, uh, yeah, I mean, everything's just, it's just such a crazy season, it just feels like it's going so fast, and now it's gonna be over, and then, like, it's that whole, like, just cycle of just endlessness here, and, um, I don't want to lose these fish again. Like, I feel like they just came here and we got like halfway done before we're going to be losing the fish again. Although we do have probably the best part of the season to come. And, uh, it's, it's just, there's so much to learn in every location on the beaches, on the estuaries, like it's mind blowing. And, uh, I think that we really had a good season so far, just, just by the setup of how the spring was awful, but we got a lot of bait in. And finally the bass show up in July. Like I've been, hoping and praying but even though i was predicting earlier than they were i had a sneaking suspicion that they were going to really start showing up in numbers in mid-july and sure enough mid-july rolled around boom we got a bunch a big push of 25 to 40 pound bass and we're you know we're getting we got those fish that were down or yeah i mean down in new york in new jersey for so much of the spring and we finally got a good push of them and that was so much fun um, yeah, uh, I have some, I put a question up on my, uh, Instagram about, uh, fishing off the rocks. Cause I've been doing a lot of that. I've been doing a lot of wetsuiting. I'm going to get even more in depth into the wetsuiting as the season progresses. Uh, and I've been having a lot of fun wetsuiting. Um, just doing a lot of swimming. Oh, and Joe from Puma Plugs did come, uh, and we fished. We got, we didn't have a crazy, like we didn't catch a lot of fish. We fished one day, we fished really late, but everything was going against us um you know from like it was just bad everything went went didn't go our way but we were able to he was able to catch a uh 
34 inch bass uh during the middle of the day so that was pretty cool and um yeah i mean it wasn't like it wasn't like a total bust but i didn't we didn't really like bang them up like we've done in the past and uh yeah but you know it is what it is okay so i guess i'm gonna try to get into some of these questions here um because yeah let's get into some questions here <laughs> okay what do we have how many questions do we got here oh, we got a fair fair amount you know here's the problem is like I do this I do this thing where I put like the questions up and I do them right before I do the podcast so the these have only really been up for like 45 minutes ish and uh, there's gonna be more people to see them after it so I guess what I'm doing in general is I'm asking the questions if I don't get to your question uh, I will get to it in the next podcast if it comes in after this podcast is over and bear with me because the writing is small okay by rocks do you mean okay by rocks do you mean jetty um i mean yes uh anything anything off the rocks is uh in my wheelhouse i guess you could say but there's not by i guess there's not really a real question other than that to me uh unless you had a follow-up question which i can just dm you about um okay how often does your uh, braided line get frayed on the rocks? Do you regret, or, or do you retie, sorry, your leader very often? Um, that's a good question. Uh, it It's interesting because um, I I kind of, it's tough. That's a tough question to, to answer because it really depends on location. Wise, like if I'm fishing in really shallow water with a bunch of boulders around, it does get frayed fairly often, um, even from schoolies swimming me into the rocks. Uh, it's kind of unavoidable. That's why I fish such heavy gear. People are always like, why do you fish such heavy gear? That's why I fish such heavy gear because even schoolies are getting me into the rocks and I don't want to be retying every single time. That's why I'm fishing 80 pound fluorocarbon sometimes, depending on the spot. Um, uh, I do like fishing like my sweet spot. I feel like I, I feel most confident fishing 60 pound flora. Uh, I did, I ended up ending, I ended up last year fishing 60 pound most of the year just cause I can tie and proof clench knots super easy with it. And, um, yeah, it's just not really a, it's not that difficult for me to throw and I feel like it's still on that like upper end of strong, um, before I'm getting into like, we're fishing with rope, <laughs> like as in 80 pound flora. Um, but, uh, it happens and I would say, you know, if I, really the other day I was like fishing certain line and if I see it starting to get a little fuzzy, I'll cut six feet off of it or whatever. And, um, that's just part of the game, I guess. Uh, yeah. What's the water temp up there? Um, water temp been, as I've been talking about, I guess a little bit, um, from, anywhere from 65 to 74 degrees. It's been fluctuating depending on the wind direction and weather, but it's been in that range. It, I, I had in really in spots as well. Like if you're fishing in the estuaries, you could be fishing almost 80 degree water, but if you're fishing off the rocks and deep, deep cliff areas, it can be 65, you know, 67, like that range. But I feel like most of the time it's been between 68 and 70. So that's probably the rough estimate. But yeah, I mean, the water the water temp this time of year is perfect. That's why we have such good fishing this time of year. Um, do you ever uh, use cut bait like mackerel or pogey? Um, 
I haven't used cut bait in probably a year or two. Um, I used to do it a fair amount, uh, just at a ease when I was younger. But um, I think that if you really want to catch a monster, monster fish, you can use chunk pogey and in certain areas, I wouldn't fish it off the rocks. I'd fish off sandy beaches, but in certain areas and certain times of the year, a chunk pogey could probably pull you a 50 pound bass or mackerel for that matter. I don't like fishing mackerel as much just in general, but um, yeah, mackerel is also awesome chunk too. Um, I probably the biggest fish I've ever caught on uh, chunk bay is 35 inches. So yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm no expert on chunking bait, but I've caught some decent sized fish off of them. Uh, what are the best times? Uh, what do you look for when, uh, spotting locations? Um, what are the best times, best times to fish, uh, in general, I don't care where you are and what structure you're fishing, um, is early, early, like early morning sunrise, you know, sunset, and then all nighttime is the best time to fish. Uh, and then what am I looking for when I'm finding, uh, you know, a rocky location? I'm looking for white water. White water is key. If you find it, if you're looking on Google Earth and you see a whole section of like boulder field that looks really, really good, uh, but there's that one like spot that you see like white water crashing over rocks, that's where I'm going to be at because that's where the bass tend to congregate because it's especially on Cape Ann, there's so much good looking structure, but it's hard to find that like one little chunk. And that's the same thing with fishing off of sandy beaches. And yet I don't really know what is good looking structure off sandy beaches quite yet. Um, so, I mean, I do like, there's obviously things that I can't, I figure out, but like, it's kind of in that scenario. It's like a, that one rip on a giant sandy beach of just like holes and stuff versus is like, you know, that, that's what I'm saying. Like there's obviously other areas across the rocks that the bass could be, but if you get that one area that has condensed white water, um, in either an indent or a cove like thing, that's where the bass are going to be. You know, it's going to funnel them in there. Uh, and where, where that white water is, is where the bass are going to stage up. That's what I really look for. And that was an awesome, awesome question because I feel like a lot of people, I feel like a lot of people are wondering about that um because it's probably one of the most important things and i always say you know even if there's not white water there look for the most disturbed area with waves like where the waves are building up the highest and stuff because that's where it goes from deep to shallow and that's where the bass will sit where that waves are sweeping through an area and even if it is fairly shallow you'd be surprised bass will stage in those in those areas even if it is um shallow um okay do you enjoy it or do you just sacrifice or yeah sacrifice for the fish um i honestly think that there's no there's nothing more hardcore than fishing off the rocks you feel like the most badass fisherman in the world um if i could fish off a sandy beach though and have the same success i would <laughs> um i would do that over fishing off the rocks it's a lot of effort uh, it can be a lot of fun, but it is a lot of effort and it's very dangerous. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of elements to it, but if I could literally fish off a sandy beach or off of an estuary and get the same successes that I do off the rocks, 
then I would never fish off the rocks. So yeah, I, I guess that, you know, it is a sacrifice that I make because there are fish there. And I feel like it's probably the easiest structure to learn, I'd say, just because it's the easiest structure to learn, I think, pretty much. Um, other than probably estuaries, which are is also fairly easy to learn, but at the same time, it's hard to find where giant fish will be in an estuary. It's a little bit easier off the rocks, um, but yeah. Um, can you fish bucktails in the rocks without getting snagged? Um, yes, uh, I've had a lot of really good days on bucktails in the rocks. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, I've caught, uh, you know, there's been days in the spring and the fall where you're catching them every cast on bucktails. I don't fish bucktails that often. I don't fish bucktails when I'm targeting the biggest fish in the world. But I do think that there are times where bucktails definitely come in handy. And there are times where I would be like, you know, would probably want to be fishing a bucktail right now because the bass seem to be deeper and the water is so uh, stirred up. Um, something about it that just bucktails just catch fish. And uh, yeah, I mean, something about it. Um, what's your favorite soft plastic color? Um, I don't fish soft plastic. I don't fish soft plastics that often, but when I do, they're pretty much exclusively white. And that's just because I don't fish them that often. And that's because it's mostly the color that they are. Um, white is just a great color. I just think that it just catches fish. Fish I fished chartreuse colors before, pink, never fished black. I've heard black is a great color. Um, I have some buddies that love fishing black uh, soft plastics, but um, yeah. That's like, I guess that's pretty much, that's pretty much it um, as far as uh, questions go. Um, I mean, that is it, not pretty much, that is it as far as questions go. Um, yeah, I guess I'll, I, I really like that question about the structure because structure is, in fishing in general, is really hard to find productive spots and um, it's, it's funny because there are areas that look so good but there's just so much ground to cover that it's so difficult to figure out where the big fish are going to be and it's all about learning it and i've always found that the best times to really catch big fish is the best times to really catch big fish and it's tough for me to go looking for more spots when you know you'd be catching big fish in one area um that's just sacrificing perfect tides and moons of areas. And I don't like doing that, but at the same time, uh, I feel like sometimes it's necessary during certain times of the year, especially early in the season when I don't feel like I'm sacrificing too much off the rocks to go break into the estuary game, which I've kind of, I feel like I've tapped into the most more than fishing off the sandy beaches, just cause I, fish, I fished off the sandy beaches a handful of times this season. It's so big and so intimidating that I just need some more guidance around it. I do understand certain areas are more productive and certain so much stuff changes on sandy beaches just because it's, um, you know, soft structure and soft structure changes year to year. Uh, and that's the other good thing about fishing boulder fields is they rarely change. You find a pocket that holds fish, you're going to be catching fish there for years to come unless something major changes in the fishery. Um, and that's what I've come to find. And I'm glad that that's the case because I don't know what I would do if it wasn't. Um, 
uh, although it's interesting because there are times where their bass are in that in that one section and then the next year they're just a little bit further over and the next year they're just a little bit further over and um, it's it's one of those things that on Cape Ann in general it just there's you can the, this is the thing you have access points in multiple spots along Cape Ann and it's just about traversing um, territory and if you get good at finding your way into areas as legally as you can, you can get to some real honey holes. And I feel like 99.9% .9 of my best producing spots are very highly private and they're multiple, you know, like a lot of them are like an hour walk, 35 minutes, 45 minute walk, like traverse of cr across rocks. So it's, a, that's why I don't like, I have a lot of people DM me and be like, I've never seen you fishing in this area. I know you fish around here and it's like, yeah, because I don't fish where anybody else fishes because I put in a lot of time and effort to go climb across rocks to get to certain areas. Um, and that's what makes it uh, more fulfilling when you catch a 45-inch bass um, off the rocks versus, you know, in a well-known area just because you did all that legwork to do it. Yeah, there's certain areas that I fish that other people fish, but um, there it's, I mean, it's a small percentage of my spots that other people fish. So, yeah. Anyway, um, I don't know how long we've been going for. I normally check the time before we start, but I forgot to do it this time. So I hope this podcast isn't too short. I feel like I covered a grand, oh, a grand, I covered a good amount of stuff in this podcast. And really what I wanted to talk about is, um, is just, it's tough because I feel like I talk about a lot of the same stuff, but I really like that question at the end there. And that really kind of, gave me, you know, a good idea. And it's like little nuggets of um, information is always good. And what to look for uh, to find good structure off the rocks is probably going to be what this is called. Um, and that's why I like doing the Instagram questions just because like they get, it gets, they're so good. Um, and a lot of them have me think about them. And I've had multiple questions where I've spent hours pondering them after the podcasts are over thinking about things and it's changing my evolution in fishing and why I'm thinking about, and when I think about things um for better or worse I guess um and so does Instagram in general that's why it's such a powerful tool uh and yeah I mean I I just think that there's so much more to learn even off the rocks for me and there's so much different structure and what I've come to realize is that there's certain areas on Cape Ann where you have these rocks that have minimal current and then you have and are more um I guess I don't know how you could say this but they're not as smooth and like quarry like because there's certain areas that they mined like quarry and mined I guess I don't know if that's the right word to use but they dug quarries in and those areas um are very flat rocks, flat, smoother rocks. Not smooth, but like they're not as like bumpy and jagged. And I feel like I tend to not catch as many fish in those areas and versus the areas that have these more jagged uh, rocks and stuff. I don't know, maybe it's just me, but reading current is difficult off the rocks in some in certain scenarios. Certain scenarios, you cast your plug out and it'll land in the water and then I'll go and you're like, okay, that makes sense. But then there's other areas where it's like super subtle and it's really hard to tell. And wave sweep plays a big role into it 
learning that area. But sometimes you'll have one current move one way and then start moving the other way and then moving back. And that's kind of like a washing machine effect that I also think is very productive for big fish. Uh, Cause I think the fish just sit like a, like a weather vane just turning into the current each time they're just waiting for bait to just go across their face and then poof, they smash it. Um, yeah, I mean, this is probably a very, this is probably the most exciting time of the year, um, for me. And, uh, it just keeps getting, it just keeps continuing and it keeps going and it keeps getting better. And I would have had one of my best days of the whole season if I had even landed one of those fish, cause I probably would have broke 40 pounds this season and it's, it's frustrating, but it, you know, the grind doesn't stop. You keep, you got to keep fishing and you got to keep putting in that, those hours for those you know, few moons that you got left in the season that are going to produce big fish, which we'll get through probably September um, and into October. I think, you know, early October is when I ended up losing 40 inch bass on Cape Ann. But that's really what I'm going to be doing and following that bait like I was talking about in that other podcast that's been producing well for me too. Uh, I've been finding some bigger bait schools around and that's where I've been seeing those schools of like 20 pound bass chasing them and uh, that's when you can get into those better topwater bites and yeah, it really has been changing the game a lot for me and I've been throwing those small six inch pencils, you know, or six and a half inch Pumba, uh, small Pumba pencils, uh, have just been money for me. They walk well, they catch fish, but I do think that they're not as, I mean, I've been getting most of my monster fish on my, uh, on the Magnum Walker and the Magnum Walker just produces like ridiculousness, like ridiculousness, like ridiculously. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's, I guess pretty much it for this podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And it's, I, it's kind of low key. I'm a little bit low on energy right now just cause I've been grinding so hard for the past bunch of days. And that's why, I mean, this is literally going to be recorded Wednesday today. You know, it's being recorded and it's going to be put out sometime tonight and I'll maybe make a post on it on my Instagram if I remember. But anyway, thank you guys for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and I'll see you next time.